Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 51, From Self-Doubt to Doctor of the Soul. Jeannie is a successful soul coach, author, seminar leader, and entrepreneur who has helped thousands of people from around the world transform their lives and fulfill their destiny. Jeannie is a thought leader and widely respected for her extensive contribution to personal empowerment, self-love, and spirituality fields. She has won multiple awards for her innovative and inspiring books on personal transformation. The Butterfly Silhouette, A Parable in Verse, and The Thought Store, Eight Simple Thinking Habits for Work and Life. Jeannie is an expert of the soul, and today we're going to talk about the nuances of the soul and how you can connect to yours. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest, Jeannie. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to meet you and be here with your listeners today. Awesome. I am so curious about who you are and what you do. I loved reading your bio, so I'm really excited about this conversation. And I always start out the podcast asking you what your love lesson was. And a love lesson for those that are listening is essentially a moment in your life where you pivoted. Everything changed and it became a catalyst for deep transformation. And during those moments, you decided to take everything that you've learned and wanted to and move that into your service that you're providing to the world. So I'd love to hear what your love lesson was. Okay, that's a great question. I, I feel like in, in, in the work that I do as a coach, that some, for some of us, we have like a series of lessons. And so for myself, my first lesson was something so subtle that, you know, it wasn't like I just had this huge aha moment. I just had this moment of clarity. And what it was, was I was um, in my 30s working as a sales rep for IBM, selling computers. This job did not feed my soul. I was basically just kind of going through the motions. And I walked into a bookstore. We had them back then. And I, a book was on the shelf called Care of the Soul. and. I don't even know why I was drawn to it. I wasn't even in a section looking for that, but I, it's like I was literally drawn to this book. And I took it off the shelf and I was instantly, I was just, I had to understand this book. So I'm standing in the aisle and I'm reading it and it has the, it says in it, um, we, we need more doctors of the soul in the world, that we don't have enough doctors of the soul. When I read that, I thought to myself, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> and and it would surprise me because I'm selling computers for IBM and now I'm thinking I'm going to be a doctor of the soul. Um, I'm fairly non-religious. I never even used the word soul before that day. So that to me was like, a, a, it was like my soul tapping me on the shoulder saying, you're not doing what you should be doing and this is a new direction you should head. So that was the first thing. And then um, the next thing was fast forward another 15 years and my husband passed away unexpectedly. Two young sons, ages 11 and 17 at the time. So obviously that was heartbreaking and that was, that was 
you know, everything was broken at that point. And that was a big aha for me, not, not just the grief and the fact that I lost my best friend, but I, it opened me up to a whole aspect of life I didn't know existed. And that is that there's an entire, I mean, I was doing the doctor of the soul thing, but I'm not sure I really stepped into my own sense of spirit. And what it, it that mo his passing and then becoming a spirit guide of mine expanded my whole view of what spirituality really is um, in a very very big way. And so that that was another um, huge love lesson for me is that it isn't just <laughs> that love, and that's why I love the name of your podcast. That love is it's about self love. It's about loving something else that you don't fully understand, forgiving yourself, you know, it's all these things and all those things ha only happened for me after um, my husband passed away. I'm so sorry about that loss. Thank you. Yeah. So when your husband passed and you're saying that this is when everything kind of came together for you, what was, what were your first steps? Cause you had already decided that you wanted to be the doctor of the soul like what was your next steps from that moment did you seek coach did you start practicing like what did you do afterwards okay so i was in such a state of grief <laughs> that a lot of it is very blurry but the next mm -hmm. thing that i did was um write a book okay, okay. Yeah. and in this book um in this book so here's so here's the other part of of what was so bizarre about what happened is that I woke up in the middle of the night with the idea of a book and I had never thought of writing a book before that night. And we're talking two in the morning, go downstairs, and I'm just writing this book that's just coming to me from, you know, someplace else. The whole idea for the book. And it's just flowing onto the page. After I had those notes in the morning, I thought, I don't know how to write a book. I mean, I, I've written in journals and I've written all my life and all that kind of thing, but not a book, not a story. So I found a, an editor in San Francisco, I'm in Northern California, who, um, and I said, will you edit this book for me? I wanna turn it into something that's a really, you know, something real. And so um, that, that book came to be, and that book is really kind of the foundation of the work that I'm doing now. I'm actually resurrecting it, but um, that book, what came through that night is the foundation of all the work I'm doing as a soul coach. Wow. So tell us what the name of the book is. Well, I, you know what, the name of the, I self-published um, 10 years ago and it's called okay. The Butterfly Silhouette, but I am okay. contemplating um, when I republish it with a publishing company, I'm changing the name. Got so um, I'm thinking of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if silhouette is too many syllables. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's what it was then. But I'm very open. I want. I really want input from um, someone in that business who could help me um, grab more readers with it. Frankly, got it. So the butterfly silhouette was the original title, and that's the basis of how you work with people. It is because um, I created twelve principles of metamorphosis in that story. Okay, and so the coaching program that I'm putting together and, and I've had, you know, there's been many iterations of it, but what, what it is is basically teaching those principles so that you can transform your life from being 
lost, confused, grief-ridden, doubting yourself, not believing in yourself or your place in the world, moving through the things you have to go through. That transformation doesn't take place overnight. So you can get to the point where you believe in yourself, you have, you're clear about what you want, whether it's a person or a job or just spiritually, and you feel this, just this sense of, I know my place in the world. I feel I belong in this particular place. I know my people, <laughs> you know, that feeling, I, I longed for it my whole life, um, that feeling of belonging. I never felt that until my 40s. Wow, it's just so interesting how, as humans, we all share similar emotional pains. Yeah. And that's a big one for so many that they don't feel like they belong. And I specifically think it's related to people that are healers that are bringing forth this type of work. Like yeah. a lot of my friends, we all have this feeling of like, we just don't belong here. Like we're from like another planet and that mm. we're brought here to do our work. Yeah. And so in that, in that um, space, what would be one of the keys or, that you can share for somebody that's trying to figure out who they are and what their purpose is and is, in, is struggling? Because they're an empath, they're highly sensitive, they know that they're, they need to be doing something in the work, but they haven't quite figured out what that is. Yeah. Well, you said a really interesting word and that is purpose. It comes up all the time. And, and I have to tell you, I'm kind of evolving my own view of purpose. Mm -hmm. I think it is important to have, to have a sense of purpose, but I think I would start people on expanding that idea of what that is. Okay. Cause it's not as for some people, I think, and I've done a lot of research about the soul. Okay. So I'll just mm -hmm. speak in that vernacular. Okay. The, the soul has, um, some people have a very specific thing to do. Let's say it's Beethoven. <laughs> he had, he knew he was supposed to write music and change the world with his music, but some people it's not so clear. It's just something like you're meant to lead people. You're meant to heal people. And maybe it's not so clear. And what I found is that people get really tied up in the weeds with it and they're missing the bigger idea of, well, if I'm meant to lead people, there are all these ways that that might show up in the world and let me try those and I will trust that I will learn what I need to learn in each of those in each of those things that I try but but I guess my the point I'm making there is for people to take a step back and have a bigger view of what their purpose might look like um, and be open about it so that they can receive guidance about it so that they can kind of try different things without it having to be right, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that would be one thing. Um, another critical thing, and I've written another book about that, but the quality of, of, of your thinking, and it's such a cliche, and I know we all know it, yeah. but it's just the truth. <laughs> if you're a real negative thinker, and I don't just mean typical negativity, I mean the kind of thinking that's not self-loving, critical, self-judging, self-loathing even. I've had all those thoughts. I mean, that I do this work because I know what it's like to think like that. That that takes time to break that habit, but that's a key thing. You can't receive, I think, the, the possibilities for yourself if you're constantly thinking 
you're not good enough, you're not meant for more, other people are meant for more, but not you, you know, this kind of diminished, you know, and, and there's reasons we all feel that way, right? But, yeah. but so that piece tied in with feeling it to healing it. That, that's really like the secret sauce is we feel it to heal it, okay? Positive thinking is not enough, and it's even, I've been hearing the term toxic positivity, which I totally agree with. Feeling it to healing it, but keep your thoughts self-loving, empowering, to carry you through that very challenging healing. That's really the secret sauce of stepping into your purpose. That's wonderful, and I'm so glad you shared that because... I agree. You have to feel it to release it and also keeping that positivity. And I had a question about, because you said that you are, you're very much the student of the soul. And I would love to know how you would describe the, the nuances between listening to your soul, listening to your heart and listening to your mind. That's and, such a good question. <laughs> and how can you tell which one is talking to you? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, and I want you to know this is not science. To me, this is, these are touchy-feely things, okay? And so, because I do get this question and, and people, it's hard to develop, like the way I feel my soul, I don't know if you're gonna feel it the same way. And so, so here's, here's what I can say about that, okay? Your heart would be what you're feeling, okay? So if you wanna know what you're feeling, if you want to know what's coming from your heart, that's that's kind of what you're feeling. Logical or not, it it doesn't really matter. Thoughts, feelings aren't logical. But I would say that the what the heart is aligned with what you're feeling. Okay? Mm -hmm. The soul piece comes from having the ability to connect. And and for me, that happens with it's like building any relationship. Quiet time to connect every day five days a week whatever your lifestyle allows for but but acknowledging that i have a soul that resides in this body that is here for eternity that's a big concept to acknowledge and then to say i'm going to commit to a relationship with whatever that looks like on the other side for me um i'm a jewish woman so um a lot of christian Principles don't necessarily resonate with me, but I have a, this sense of what the other side is for me. So I show up each day and I say, um, I'm here. Um, please, you know, give me clarity and guidance today. Help me feel your presence. For me, I'm talking to spirit guides, a guardian angel, God. It kind of changes to tell you the truth based on what I'm feeling that day. But I look at it as I'm cultivating a relationship with, the, I call it the sacred otherness of life. That thing that I can't see or touch, but I want to feel that presence. And, and it's just over time, I just, you know, I just feel it because I've, I've asked to feel it. And I've, and I've practiced being quiet long enough to feel it. So I don't know if that's concrete enough um, on the soul piece. It, I guess the net of that is connecting each day to the best of your ability. Don't be disappointed if you like you come up short and you're thinking, well, I was quiet and I felt nothing. 
that's really normal. <laughs> and sometimes I feel nothing. But then later that day, I'll get a little like nudge. So here, so I'm going to articulate, I'm going to say this better. That the soul piece are those nudges, you know, the, the kind of inexplicable nudges that we get. You know, like when I read that book that day, that was a soul, that was my soul talking to me. I don't think, you know, was that I had feelings about it, feelings of kind of surprise and, oh, interest and excitement. But that nudge, that feeling like that when you're drawn to something, that's your soul usually. When you're drawn to something, it's like, but not always. I mean, like I say, this is, it, it, you probably know, sometimes people are drawn to things just because of their past habits and their patterns. It's not a soul thing, right? Right. But... The way to kind of know is this a soul thing, I guess, would be to keep checking in and see if that thing you're drawn to, you know, to to really spend some time with it and say, you know, is this thing that I'm drawn to, is it going to help me learn and grow or is it going to keep me stuck? It's kind of part of the conversation that you keep having with with your own soul and with your guides. Okay, so it's an ongoing conversation that you're practicing to build that connection with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a feeling it's, it's again, a feeling, but it's more, let's, we'll call it feeling drawn and nudged in, in a direction. You just, it just, you have to do it kind of thing. Okay. Um, I say that with, I, I do coach people who, you know, let's say they're drawn to the wrong man. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's not your soul telling you they're your soulmate necessarily. So see, I'm, I'm cautious to not say everything you're drawn to isn't your soul telling you this is the right thing for you. So that's where your mind comes in. Okay. And, and you have to, and you have to ask yourself, you know, is this allowing me to learn and grow or is this keeping me stuck? Am I getting what I need from this situation? And that's where you start to ask the questions. So it sounds like a very, a lot of self-reflection. Being yeah. able to like have that conversation with yourself and incorporating elements of the divine to help guide you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. Um, Non-judgmental self-reflection on a regular basis without overanalyzing your life. You know, staying in your heart with it. Yeah, I think that's the part that's challenging. It's like being able to look at your life and not be judgmental about, oh, I did this and this was bad and all these things that you should or shouldn't have done. And, and that might be more of a mind thing, you know, and yeah. now thinking of your question mm -hmm. where the mind will do that. Right. Right. But, exactly. But as you develop that connection to your soul, I think what starts to happen is you go, my soul's here to learn and grow. And I feel for you, man. <laughs> I feel for you. I know how hard it is to be down here on the ground struggling with life. Life is not easy. There's this deep compassion when you're feeling your own soul. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that, the compassion aspect. And so when you work with your clients, are you tapping into your client's soul to give them kind of reflections on that? Or are you helping your clients tap into their own soul? I'm helping my clients tap into their own soul. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of a, of the school of don't tell people things about their life. You know, that I feel like we're, we will learn what we're ready to learn when we're ready to learn it. And, and I don't think there's a way to fast forward that process. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone has to feel the feels. Yeah. 
<laughs> like you that's said, a good way to put it. I've never even heard that. I love that. <laughs> Feel the feels. Write that down. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of these things. I think, well, because there's so much information about how you can heal the soul. And, you know, there's psychics that do it. There's intuitives. There's like um, healing practices where they say, we, we could reconnect you to your soul and there's so many different things out there so i just i'm always curious on like how people if somebody is out there listening to this and they're like oh my god i want to tap into my soul like should i try all of these things or should i start where should i start and i like your suggestion which is really start with being quiet and but what are your thoughts about those other modalities is that something that you would suggest or what, what are your thoughts i'm so glad you asked that i i feel like each soul is going is meant to have a voice in a different world okay so what i mean by that is like some people are really drawn to to i'll call it woo woo or new agey or you know but but it would fall into the category of of what you just described i don't even i can't even come up with the way to what that umbrella is but but i'm not personally drawn to it at all and, and so I like working with people that have, that are kind of more practical on the ground and they're, they're, they don't have a strong sense of spirit because that's where I was. I mean, I, religion and I did not mix and I felt lost. I mean, I went, I had a Catholic husband. I went to every denomination you could go to saying, what is this world about? Where do I fit in? I want answers and nothing, nothing, okay? Until I connected with my own soul, that, that was monumental for me. Um, and I love women who are in that place, who they just want, a, a, really, to be honest, it's more about a deep, unabiding connection with yourself. That's really the origin of it. So it's, it's, and all these things are so similar. So you're raising such a good point. But the feel of mine is have a deep relationship with yourself. And you can't get deeper than your own soul. <laughs> right? That's the deepest. Yes. I mean, yes, yes. Go ahead. Sorry. I, the, the 11th principle in, in the book that I wrote, the, what I take people through, it's loving yourself. Okay, that ultimately my little caterpillar who doesn't believe she can be a butterfly, that's what it's about. It's a parable. She gets stuck beneath a stone in a puddle. And what unearths the stone is when she says, I love you. And you don't know if she's saying it to herself or to God or to something else. But, the, but, but it's the love that unsticks her. For me, it's been the self-love that's unstuck me. Okay. I didn't go, I love God and I'm unstuck. I'm not saying you can't. I, I, I know plenty of people who that is the way they get unstuck. And I have complete respect for that. That doesn't, wasn't how it worked for me. When I loved myself, I was able to love people more, the universe more, all of it. It was, it all started with me. Yeah. I think it's so in beautiful what you just said, because I like that and what you just said about every soul is going to get what it needs because there are people that want that woo-woo energy yeah. and there are people that want very practical, almost like scientific, scientific ways of understanding who they are. But ultimately, it always comes down to love and how they love themselves and how they can be in the world and how they can feel good. 
And it's so wonderful that there's so many people in the world and there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to be able to help you from where you're at. So everything, right. you know, there's always a different angle to everything. That's the beauty of it is that that's why, you know, it's mind boggling to me that there are what, 7 billion souls on the planet. When I think about that and I think, and we are all, we all are ultimately different. We, we have some, we have tons of similarities, but, but there's different strokes for different folks, you know, right. different messages resonate with different people. And that's kind of, again, um, abundant thinking is a large part of this transformation that I'm talking about is having the abundant thinking that there's plenty of business, there's plenty of men, there's plenty of love to go around. There's plenty of whatever it is I think I need. Right, right. And just being in tune with that and not having yeah. not having the self, the lack. Yeah. yeah. But that also goes back into what we were talking about earlier, where it's like loving yourself and what that means. Because when you have those thoughts of lack, it's really about feeling something lacking inside of you. Thus, whatever desire you want, you don't feel like you deserve it. Yeah, I mean that self love that is a that's a tough one um, for that's a tough one and uh, I for me I feel like when you can really love your soul you kind of separating yourself from your personality and your body that's that's one way that it makes it a little easier is that you're like okay I'm gonna take away those things that I might not love you know that I say the wrong thing and I put my foot in my mouth and I'm not very nice at times whatever the thing is that you have against yourself those are things I've thought and or you don't like your body in some way or another when you take those things away and you just think that your soul is this part that and you don't even have to believe in reincarnation it can just be as simple as the soul is the part of me that's just that deep seed of knowing within me right when you're connecting with that, you, I mean, you just start to have this compassion for that, that, that seed within you that really just wants to do a good job here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll tell you, I have like, um, so I tell everyone, I have this little picture of myself on my desk when I'm like four, right? I think it's so important. And I do tell people, put a picture of yourself as you know, when you remember it, not like something you don't remember, a time you remember. And, and some kids might have had great childhoods, but a lot of us didn't get what we needed. Our parents did the best they could, but it was tough. And so when I look at her and I think, what was she going through at the time? And it was kind of a lot. Instant compassion, you know, because now I'm, you know, I'm looking at the soul that's gone from there to here <laughs> and it's been through a lot. And it gives me such compassion. Yeah. I really think it's an important point you make because all of us humans are so focused on our looks and all these details that have nothing to do with our soul. Like it's like we're spirit beings in physical bodies, not the other way around. Exactly. But it's really hard for people to to move away from that and really think of themselves as a soul. But so it's a beautiful a beautiful aspiration to get to where you can really start to focus on your heart, on your spirit, on your soul, and not so much on your physical appearance, so to speak. However, that is important. You know, you got, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I, 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 I mean, there's no ignoring that, right? right. Um, uh, but I think we live in a culture that is so appearance focused. Yes. That the, the spiritual work is critical. 
If you're not balancing all of those forces that, that focus, and I apologize for my cat. If you're not balancing all of those, all of the input from social media and all of the pressure to look a certain way, if you're not balancing that with your own sense of spirit, that's when you get all, I think, off, off kilter in life. So you need, I mean, this work, it's ongoing work for life and it isn't even work, it's play if you ask me, <laughs> but there has to be an element of your life that's about connecting with the soul, with your spirit, so that you don't over-focus on how you look. Cause we're in a culture right now that is all about that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. This, <laughs> you can hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> I apologize. Hopefully he'll cooperate. <laughs> um, uh, so I was going to ask you one question about the soul. That I feel like a lot of people use spirit and soul interchangeably. Mm. Um, do you find them to be the same or do you think it's two separate things? I love that question. Thank you. You're helping me um, explain myself better. Um, I think they're two different things. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So the soul is um, very grounded the soul is here to do work on the ground, okay? It's put in this body because the body doesn't float around. The body is on the ground. And so the soul is a more grounded experience, okay? The spirit is your potential to soar, okay? So to me, that your spirit is what's possible. The soul is not perfect. The soul is learning and evolving. So the soul needs correction, okay? okay? It's on the ground learning. Your spirit does not. Your spirit is like, it's just separate. And, it's, and this is just my feeling of it and how, I've, and how I describe it, and other people may not agree, but the spirit, it does not need correction. Mm. It sees things in an unlimited way. It sees what's possible for your life. The soul doesn't see it that way. So would the spirit also kind of be the higher self? Yeah, I think that I think to me, the higher self is connected to spirit. And it's just it's kind of it's just connected. Got it. So the soul is essentially the one that's figuring evolving. And the spirit is the one that's like, we, you can come to this level. And that's let's help move you in this in this way. So the spirit is would be guiding the soul to have right. the higher experiences. That's why souls have spirit guides. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's my experience of it. Mm -hmm. And souls, I mean, there's many levels of souls. I mean, some people are really evolved mm -hmm. and many, many aren't. And that's fascinating. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but, and, and they're, you know, they're connected to spirit, but in a different way. So the more, the more your soul is evolved, you're you're connected to spirit more often at a higher level your higher self and you are having a constant conversation got it yes that totally I, I aspire to i don't know what that's like from personal experience <laughs> <laughs> no sometimes i do but not but not as much as i'd like to yeah having that constant connection to spirit yeah that would be awesome and, um in terms of because I loved what you said about spirit guides. Is that something for you when you work with clients where you're helping them get in touch with their soul that they're also getting in touch with their spirit guides? You know, yes, um, but I'm not in the way like you'd go to a psychic or a medium that might make that connection. 
right. somebody else would be better for that. I just open them up to their deceased relatives that they feel tied to, you know, ask for help from them. I don't really get into spirit talking about spirit guides in terms of connecting with them. I just, t it's more about they're there, ask them for help. Got it. But it's okay. not making that happen. Okay. I don't know how to make that happen. <laughs> but you know it's available to them if they want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into some infinite love questions. So the first question I love to ask is how do you use love in your work? Well, um, I would say I practice self-love in that, um, you know, it's challenging to be an entrepreneur and there's a lot of mistakes. I, I get things wrong a lot. I fail a lot. <laughs> and so it's this constant reminder that I'm doing the best I can. Okay. And that I'm, um, going to learn from my mistakes, but I, I try to, as much as I can use, you know, compassion and, and forgiveness, um, and to keep, to keep that at the front of my thinking. So I use love in that way. Um, when I'm feeling really discouraged, you know, which is all part of being and running your own business. Um, and so I practice love in that way. And then, and then with other people, I mean, I, I'm, that's the other piece about the soul piece. I am okay with not liking other people. That, that doesn't sound really nice, but I feel like we have to give our permit self permission. We don't have to love everybody. That doesn't mean we mistreat them and we're not kind, but so let's say I ha I'm working with someone and we just don't hit it off. Okay. I practice love and that I, 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 I just remind myself that they're here to learn what they're here to learn. And so, have patience, you know. I, I'm not judgmental usually because I, I really don't know what it's like to be anyone else, okay? So that would be another way I practice love is that I, I try very hard to not judge, to not judge and have, and have kindness even when I'm not really into someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a re it's a re it's just reality that and I the reason I'm even saying that is because I think people are hard on themselves if they're not loving all the time. And I also don't know that it's realistic, at least it isn't in my life to be loving all the time, but I can choose to be kind, you know. Right. Kindness is everything. Yeah. Okay. How is your work used to serve humanity? <laughs> These are really good questions. <laughs> I love the idea of helping people connect with themselves in this deeper way. So, because I truly believe that when we're happier and more self-loving, we're better in the world. We're better to other people. We vibrate higher. I mean, if everybody was able to give themselves that kind of respect and love, I've no doubt we would be in a far better world. So, I mean, teaching people how to love themselves in one way or another and how to respect the soul and just connect with their spirit saves humanity. I feel like spirituality saves humanity. Right. Yeah. I agree. Because I feel like if everyone was in touch with their soul and loved themselves unconditionally, it would be really challenging to do something mean or hateful or harmful to somebody else. Yeah, right. Right. 
Right. And, you know, there's so much hatred in the world. So I feel like, you know, there's a book called Power Versus Force. And I just often, I don't know, have you heard of that book? No. Yeah. Uh, and he's a quantum physicist, right? But it's just about, actually, that might not be accurate, but he, he talks about quantum physics. But he just talks about how um, we have to balance, you know, we have to balance all of the negativity and the hatred and all of that. And so that's what, you know, even though that little piece of the pie that we take and work on may not feel like much, it's balancing out in some way the negativity that's out there. Right. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> what, what does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Um, it means everything. I feel like I want to contribute to the greater good no matter what, you know? Do I always do that? Like if you had a camera in my car, am I the nicest person in my car? Not necessarily, but I'm always thinking of, of the greater good, you know, that, that I, I, I want so badly to make the world better in this small little way that I can. And, and I don't even know any other way, but, um, it's really just all about that, you know? Yeah. Okay. I love that. What do you love most about your life? Mm. These are great questions. You're reminding me of um, the actor's studio when they ask those questions at the end, how good those questions are. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the actor's studio? What's that? Oh, really? Oh. It, it is from a while ago. You're probably too young. But um, he always, he asked these, these like 10 questions at the end and they're really good. Google it. You'll, you'll like okay. it. You'll, and, but here you thought of it on your own. Um, what do I love about my life? I love that I work for myself. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's not for everybody. And especially because I'm in a business that's somewhat spiritual, you know, so, you know, conveying that message isn't easy, but I love that I get to do that. I'm really expressive. So I love that, frankly, I get to spend my time how I wish. And 90% of the time it's doing things I really love and enjoy. And I feel very blessed for that reason. Yes. Being an entrepreneur is wonderful. I mean, it's definitely challenging, but there is so much freedom and creativity that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think of time as my greatest asset. And so the fact that I get to spend my time how I wish is amazing. Yeah, it's a blessing for sure. So how do you feel you receive love? <clears throat> Excuse me. How do I receive love? I think when you say thank you, you know, when you just say thank you, I say it all day long. So gratitude, right? I mean, whether it's big or small, I always want to be receiving because if the universe gives you, whether it's a friend or a kind word or a, a check or whatever it is, I just say thank you. So I say thank you hundreds of times a day. Like if I, if my spirit guides tell me something and I get a warm rush, I'll, I'll thank you. Or if my husband pops in, I'll go, thank you. <laughs> when my cat stopped meowing, thank you. <laughs> but that's the way I receive. Okay. I love that. Gratitude is everything. It's so important. So when do you feel you receive 
the most love. Hmm. Oh. <sighs> oh, sorry. That's the wrong question. How, when do you feel the most love? When do I feel the most, most love? love? Yeah. When I'm in, when I'm in that God place, when I'm in that place, you know, it's not all the time, but I can, I get into a place where I feel transcended nice. and I feel like there is not a care. I mean, I just feel so light, so immersed in love and it's usually in nature. It's in nature, but not just in nature. When I'm in nature, I'm connecting and I'm saying, you know, help me feel your presence. And I will practice being totally present. That's totally present. And that's not easy for me. Mm -hmm. But the more present I am, the more God can come through. And so in those moments, I feel like washed with love. I think that would be the answer in the present when I'm completely in the present moment. Yes. I love that. The power of now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question is, where has love created a miracle in your life? Oh, my gosh. Everywhere. I mean, I feel everything. You know, I have two sons that are a miracle to me, you know, having them. And the fact that I'm able to feel my my husband who's passed, I, I feel him very much in my life. That's a miracle to me. Uh, and I'm receiving it, but I'm not doing it alone. You know, that's, that is a miracle to me. Um, so often the right thing comes up at the right time. You know, the, the letter, the, the thought, the whatever, the, the relief of my up pain. Um, it's like a walking miracle, a lot of it. And it sounds really, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm being so Pollyanna. I'm really not. Um, but I do, I do feel like the miracles, like life is just this miracle. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to me, all of it. Yeah. With that said, it's also, you know, I'm, I'm not always in that place, I, but you bringing it out of me. So I'm in that place now. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate you and learning about the work that you do. How can people get in touch with you, find where your books are, all of those details? JeanNangle.com, uh, J-E-A-N-N-E-N-A-N-G-L-E.com is my website and everything that you need is there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate you and I'm sending you lots of love. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.